All right, thank you so much. We want to thank our praise team, thank our choir, thank all of you for taking part in worship, especially all of our parents who came. And, and I said, we want to dedicate our child to the Lord. And, and so I know this is a special time for them. And all of you who came to support them, I have other relatives here, and I know you're excited for them. And so we are too. And so uh, looking forward to see what God does in the lives of uh, all of these parents that came forward today. If you brought your Bibles, please turn to the book of Second uh, Timothy. Second Timothy. We'll look at Second Timothy. Ashley, if you have that sermon slide. Second Timothy. This morning we're going to be sharing Passing Your Faith. Second Timothy 1, verses 1 through 5. So if you are able, physically able, stand and we'll read... Uh, that God's inspired, infallible, inerrant word, and then allow the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, a beloved son, grace, mercy, peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul said, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois, your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded, is in you also. May we pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity now to have worshipped you and now to enter into a time where you speak to us through your word. Help us to remember that you're speaking to us. And Lord, when you speak to us, it always asks a question. You demand an answer. And so help us, Father, to evaluate our life to see where we are today as we approach you and as you're in our midst. Give me the words to say, the right spirit to say them in. And, Father, use your word. We know it never returns void. It's going to accomplish the work it goes out to do. And so thank you for this time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you and be seated. I've mentioned this morning, it's Mother's Day. You're well aware of that. So, happy Mother's Day. Uh, if you know what, you know, Mother's Day is a big deal, amen? I'll say that again, guys. <laughs> Mother's Day is a big deal, amen? amen? I thought the men would come in there on the second verse, but, but anyway, it is a big deal. It is a big deal. I'm going to tell you how big a deal it is. More phone calls are made on Mother's Day than any other day during the year. Phone calls go up 37% on Mother's Day. More than 133 million Mother's Day cards are exchanged on Mother's Day. $4 billion is spent on jewelry on Mother's Day. $4 billion is spent on eating out on Mother's Day. $2 billion 
is spent on flowers on Mother's Day. And the gift that mothers, most mothers want, the most meaningful gift to a mother, 65% said this, all they want is quality, meaningful connection time with their family. They just want a visit from their kids. But the gift that most mothers don't want, who knows what it is? Anybody? Anybody? Who knows? Who knows the gift that 95% of mothers don't want? I mentioned this to my wife. She didn't want it. A gym membership. (laughs) Guys, I don't know if you've given anything yet, but please keep that in mind. So this is a special day. This will be my 44th Mother's Day sermon that I've preached. And I pray that God will show all mothers how important it is to have been chosen to be a mother. I've mentioned already, mothers, you do a lot And we want to thank you. We want to thank you for what you do. Someone said that a mother's work is never done. And how true that is. It seems like it's never done. Thought I'd get an amen from the mothers. Amen. Amen. Okay. But you know, you do a lot of things. You do a lot of work. And I don't see how you do it all and make that statement. But God's given you a special touch of grace to do the things you do. You know, there have been times that I, I look back on my mother's life and I wondered how she could have done all the things she, she did. She was, uh, she, you know, she was taking care of us and at the same time she went to college at Florence State Teachers College and she'd go during the summer and, and then she taught school for like 37 years and, and I just couldn't see how she did it. And it was all because she'd been given a, a special grace by God. I just call it Grace for mothers. I believe mothers have that grace. But however, regardless that how difficult things that you do, the things that you're called on to do, the greatest thing that you'll ever do is to pass your faith on to your children. That is the greatest thing that you'll ever accomplish. Now I didn't say pass your salvation on to them. No one, not even mothers, can pass their salvation to their children. Because if your children experience salvation, it'll be because they were personally convicted by the Holy Spirit, they repented of their sin, they believed, they trusted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They did that. But however, mothers, you can pass your faith, your your heartfelt belief in God your heartfelt belief in His Son, Jesus Christ, you can pass that along to your children. And so you have 2 Timothy chapter 1, 1 through 5, where a mother did just that. Eunice passed her faith on to her son, Timothy. So if you're taking notes, first of all, notice the reality of Timothy's faith. The reality of his faith. Verse 5. Verse 5 in chapter... Chapter 1, 2 Timothy, verse 5, when I, Paul said, When I call to remembrance the genuine faith. Now, if you have a King James Version, it says unfeigned faith. Unfeigned is 
better translated, genuine faith. He says, when I call to remember the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois, see it's coming up the line, and your mother Eunice, I'm persuaded that it's in you also. So Paul's addressing young Timothy. And as he does so, he makes, uh, he makes an effort to encourage him. Timothy needs some encouragement because the church was going through some difficult time. And it, it wasn't going to get any better for the church. And so for the next 300 years, matter of fact, 300 years, Christians would be persecuted by 10 different Caesars. And so Timothy was going to need some encouragement. Because the age of tolerance for these Christians would be over. And the political correct crowd of that day would begin to oppose Christianity. And drastic change would be ahead of the church. And Timothy would have to stand against all of those foes. So the question is, could he do it? Could he stand against all the foes of Christianity? The answer to that is yes, he could do it. And Paul says, I call to remembrance. How can he do it? Paul says, I call to remembrance your unfeigned or your genuine faith. You say, well, Brother Sammy, what's unfeigned faith? Well, that's genuine faith. The Greek word means, unfeigned means without hypocrisy. It means to, uh, without pretension, it it means without play acting. He didn't pretend he had faith. A lot of people pretend to have faith today. But Paul knew that his faith was genuine, it was real, it was steadfast. So the point is, Timothy had a real faith, a genuine faith, a sincere faith, a steadfast faith. And there was no doubt in Paul's mind that Timothy would be able to withstand the storms that would come against him and come against the church. So he had this faith. So you have the reality of Timothy's faith. Well, where did that faith come from? If you take a notes, the roots of his faith. The roots of Timothy's faith. The big question, where did this come from? 2 Timothy 5, the B part of that verse, tells us. He says, listen, it first dwelt, underline that word, it first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded it's in you also. It first dwelt. That word dwelt there means to live. It means to live in place as one would live in a house. Now remember this. The point is that real, genuine, sincere, steadfast faith felt at home in Timothy's life. It dwelt there. It lived there. That's where it dwelt. It felt comfortable living in young Timothy's life. And so it's obvious that Eunice planted her faith in Timothy's life at a very young age. How young did she start? started with his name. She named him Timothy from the first day of his life. She named him Timothy. That name Timothy means God-fearing. You see, my name is Samuel. My birth name is Samuel. Samuel means dedicated to God. So even at my birth, my parents looked out there and, and they named me Samuel. One dedicated to God. They dedicated me to God. 
And Eunice knew that she could not put the faith, she could not put the fruit of faith. She couldn't, let me say it this way. She knew that she could not put the fruit of faith in his life, but she could put the seed that one day would blossom into his faith. She knew that would happen. And the process started on the day he was born. What are you going to call him, Eunice? His name is Timothy. God-fearing. So let me say this, moms and dads, here's the point. Are you planting the seed of faith in your children? You see, parents, as parents, we're, we're willing to plant other things. We're willing to plant personal hygiene. Brush your teeth. Don't forget to brush your teeth. My mother was always after me about brushing my teeth when I was six years old, six and seven. I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to tell you the truth. Don't you ever tell it to anybody else, just between us here. She was taking me to school. She would drive me to Russell, what mothers would do. She'd drive me from Rockwood to Russellville Junior High School. Then she'd drive to Phil Camel to teach me there by 8 o'clock. And I remember one day we went right past, not far down the road, half a mile, and we passed Rockwood School. And I went there through the fourth grade, third, yeah, fourth grade, I believe it was. And she said, you brush your teeth? We were on the road. And I said, no, I didn't. I forgot it. You know what she did? She whipped off the road, and she took a bath cloth, a washcloth, and she got me down, and she wiped my mouth out. She got my teeth cleaned. We make sure of personal hygiene. That really happened. Don't y'all tell anybody. Personal hygiene. Fix your hair. Comb your hair. Take a bath. But we, we do all that hygiene stuff, but at times we forget to tell them about spiritual cleansing. You need to be clean before the Lord. Have you prayed? Have you asked Christ to forgive you? So we have that spiritual cleansing. And, and we're quick to, we're willing to plant things about education in our children. Go to school, do your homework. And we get real excited about awards day. And we need to be. And we need to encourage them to do good in school. But for some reason, we fail to tell them about rewards day at the judgment seat of God. Which is the most important. And then she passed, times we pass, most of the time we pass on a work ethic. We'll tell our children, hey, you need to find a job, you need to get the training, you need to work hard, you need to give your best, and don't miss a day of work. I mean, if it's icy, try to get there. If it's snowing, try to get there. Just don't miss a day at work. But then we fail to mention to be faithful in attending church and serving the church and giving to the church, serving the Lord, Witnessing to your neighbor, witnessing to your friends. We fail to tell them that. And so the reality of Timothy's faith, the faith, the root of Timothy's faith, began at a very young age when he was born by his name. But then third, Eunice taught her faith as Timothy grew up. Now, look if you will at 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. You've heard this passage. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14. 
But you must continue in the things which you've learned and have been assured of, knowing whom you've learned them, and that from a childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And so not only does he have the roots from his mother from the day of birth, but she taught him as he grew up. She taught him what he needed to do, and she made sure, no doubt, that he did it. You know, somehow the devil has convinced some parents that it's okay for your child to make a decision your child to make a decision, your child to make a decision whether to go to church or not. Or whether to study God's Word, whether to memorize Scripture, whether to be involved in student ministry, in the youth group. I was talking to our youth minister not long ago, and he called to check on some of the students who had kind of dropped out in attendance. He was told by the parent that they're just not interested in that anymore. You not, do you not know, parents, that one day parents are going to stand before God, give an account of why they were disobedient and neglect as believers and passing on their faith to their children? We'll answer that for that one day. Listen to Proverbs 22, verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. Train up a child in the way. God has a way he wants your child to go. So first, you find out what that way is. Second, you bring your child up in that way and where God wants him to go, in the way that God wants him to go. Jot down Deuteronomy chapter 6. Listen, if you will, Deuteronomy chapter 6. And... Um, find it here. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord God with all of your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in the house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. You'll bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your, on your gate. You don't think God's Word's important? It's important for His children then. It's important for His children now. So you have the reality of Timothy's faith, genuine, steadfast, sincere. You have the roots of it. His mother planted it. His mother taught it. His mother lived it. Paul said that, that Eunice's faith was, was unhypocritical. It was sincere. It was steadfast. So here's the point. The faith Eunice claimed to have publicly, she lived it privately. She claimed it publicly, but she lived it privately. Here's the point. She lived her faith at home. Spouse saw her faith. Her children saw her faith. Her neighbors saw her faith. It just wasn't something she lived on the outside, but she lived it within the four walls of her house. This is what Josh Billings said. 
quote, train up a child in the way he should go and walk in it yourself once in a while. Train up a child in the way that he should go. Walk in it yourself once in a while. So listen up, mothers and fathers, we're bringing to a close. The most impact that you can have on your child is not what you say, but it's what you do. So the question is, how did Timothy have faith that Paul considered true and real and sincere and steadfast? His mother planted it, his mother taught it, his mother lived it. And mother, the greatest responsibility you have is not washing and ironing and cleaning and cooking and being a baseball mom and a basketball mom and a football mom and a soccer mom. That's not your greatest responsibility. But the greatest responsibility you have is passing your faith on to your children. So here's the question. Do you have genuine faith, steadfast, sincere unhypocritical faith. If you do, are you passing it on to your children? I can go back, we don't have the time for that, and how it was passed on to me, my mom praying with me, and my dad also, we'll talk about dads in June, but my mom passed it on to me, and uh, she prayed with me, she wept with me, I could go to mom when I couldn't go to my dad. And I could go to my dad for certain things, but I knew when to go to my mom. You know what I'm talking about. And so, mom, when they come to you, just make sure the most important thing, whatever you remember, remember this. The most important thing you can do as a mom is to pass your God, your faith, steadfast, genuine, real, on to your children. And one day, don't let a preacher rob you of this, but one day you'll be able to share the gospel and you'll hear your child pray to ask Christ to come into their life and save them. That'll be, the, that'll be the greatest reward you'll ever have here on earth. Let's have a prayer together. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we have to be here today. It's been a wonderful service. Thank you for your word. And so, Father, I pray for each parent here today, and I pray, Lord, that uh, that home that they're building, not the house, but the home, I pray that their home is building, that home that they're building, they have you first in their home. Thank you for what you're going to do in this invitation time as you speak to hearts. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.